When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My talkers, it is a Friday. We are hanging out with Lori and special guest host Patrick Richardson, the laundry evangelist. Great show ahead here, you guys, for a Friday, right? It's a little fun duo. Happy Friday, and I've never got to do the show with you, I know, Patrick. I'm so excited. We, oh, you've just fun. been a guest, and Julia's been here, and you filled in for me a few times, and Julia's always like, oh, he just, he knows everything that we like. <laughs> yes. That's how she describes you. She always says that we're going to have fun because, you know, of our love of, like, pop culture. Yes, and you and I are just bonding over our love of fashion. Right, totally. And um, I know so many people who loved your show, loved your book, and we need to know about the second book. Right. What can you tell us? I can tell you it's about cleaning your house. Oh. It's, so basically my thought was you've already built this kit, you know, like this laundry kit. Mm-hmm. And I use the same things all over my house. So it's how to take care of all of those things, too. And um, it, the book is written like the first one. It's still kind of memoir style. Thank so you, because that's what made your book so oh, well, special, thank you. Thank I you. think. So, you know, it's a kind of memoir style. I'm working on the recipes right now that go in the back. Right. So I, we're trying to keep it really consistent just so that, you know, if you liked the first book, you'll You're like gonna the second. You're going to love the second book. Yeah. And your first book was genius, how you... What you how you include because I mean the thing is you took a topic that could be quite dull and dusty no pun intended right. laundry you know the bane of everyday existence but you made it you made it like realize uh, but yet our clothes do mean something to us and there are things we want to care for or linens or whatever and you but you made it fun and special and we thanks. felt like we knew you and well thanks thanks yeah. it was it was super fun and. You know, and I mean, you this, sold a lot of copies. Yeah, we've, you know, we've done all right. Done all right, Patrick. But, um, you know, and the, the other thing about the second book, you know, I I have this kind of attitude of gratitude about these things. Like, you know, in the with the laundry book, we said you don't have to do laundry; you get to do laundry, and you get to do laundry for yourself and for people that are important to you. And that's going to be kind of the home book. You know, it's going to have that same vibe, just sort of that. You know, you take care of the house yeah. and the people that you love in it. Will you let you also let people, um, I don't know if you're ever going to do an ironing book, but like I love to iron and oh. I always have. And But it's kind of like you let people's laundry freak flags out of the closet. Yeah. We, we don't have to be shy about it. Right. We can, you know, we can totally <laughs> just announce our love of ironing and Stain removal, like I love stain removal, but yeah. I also love to iron. Yeah, you do. Oh, oh gosh, so I don't know why it's so soothing. Last week, Casey was out of town, and we were so um, 
excited and exhausted from our movie making thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so last Saturday, I know everyone here at my talk, everyone was just vegging on Saturday. No one had any energy. And usually I iron up in what I call my girl cave where I watch, you know, all my CW shows. Mm-hmm. But Casey wasn't home. <laughs> and I brought my ironing board, my starch, my iron. I got out pillowcase. I just got out... I hadn't ironed. I had so much, and I mm-hmm. had been missing my little creased um, pillowcases. I understand. You just, you know, there's just something so sort of, you know, it's just kind of like soothing away the wrinkles of the day. Kind you of, and I'm watching, and I'm just watching, you know, these, you, mine, you know, my shows that are fluffy. I think I watched a Law and Order while I ironed. Oh. It was very satisfying while all this. That and, would be like my house. Yeah. We, I, also. Mm-hmm. Law and order while we iron. Yeah, I mean, you know. Okay, so the book, you're finishing up this book, and then when will, when you turn in a book, then is it a couple months? It's at least six months. It could it be is. a year, oh, yeah. Really, because then they edit, and right. they come up with the book jacket. Do you have any more say this time around, since um, you're a successful published author? There, uh, I don't know yet. Yeah. You know, let's hope. But well, I was really happy this, with that. I loved your cover. So Thanks. if they're in the same kind of, you know, yeah. just another vibrant color. Yeah, let's hope. And do you work with the same editor? Um, it's a new editor. It's a different publisher. Oh, it is? Yeah, we switched publishing houses. Okay, I like it. Well, listen, you got to move on up. Right, you know, big time. And how about, how about the TV show? Um, it's kind of frozen. Everything is frozen. You know, the Time Warner Discovery merger, oh, they've pretty much frozen everything. You know, so we're, that's kind of where we're at. It's just, you yeah. know, I mean, I, can frozen. You, can you, is it, you can't leave and go to someplace else? Oh, or I totally you, could. Yeah. You could, you yeah. could, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, once the book is done, maybe I'll kind of mm-hmm. see what is out Shop it around a little bit. Well, yeah. I think so, because that, your show was fantastic. Well, thanks, I mean, thanks. people it was fun. liked it. Yeah. And we're going to take, um, uh, we're not going to do random thoughts today. We're going to do laundry tips with Patrick. So you can either tweet us or email us between now and 415 with your burning questions about laundry for Patrick. <laughs> and um, I do later in the show, I sought out some laundromat pickup lines yes, for yes. us to use. <laughs> and I told Julia she had two weekend picks that she wanted me to be sure and tell people about. So um, I'm going to give them a double shout out. But um, on Sunday at the Midtown Global Market from uh, its Indigenous Peoples Day celebration, and um, it's going to be from 12 to 2, and there's going to be all kind of you know, drumming and dance. And so if you're looking for something on... Um, Sunday afternoon, uh, the Spirit Boys Drum and Dance Crew. That's always really amazing. So that's happening on Sunday. And then also this weekend, the uh, Fall St. Paul Art Crawl um, comes back to Union Depot. Which is super great. Yeah. Always a fun time. It is. It starts today and goes through Sunday. I didn't know if this was going to be one of your weekend picks or not, Patrick. Well, i got a couple. All right, you do. Well, we yeah. can just remind people about that. But that is... You know, a a fun way also supporting local businesses. Um, All right, listen, when we come back, I want to just break a little bit early because, um, and of course, I had to text Julia this morning. I said, I hope you saw this this morning on Good Morning America. And it's a 
you know, it's been a long running topic on this show since, uh, I don't know, maybe February. Since you guys went out for your awards. For New York, but we were talking oh, about this show, that, but yeah. yes, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. So when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Talk isn't always fun. That one talk you had with your parents when you were 12, breaking up with that roommate that never washed the dishes, and pretty much every other talk radio station on the dial ever. Not here. This is where talk is fun. My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. There are a few nosebleed seats at the Excel next Tuesday night, October 11th, if you're going or if you want to go or you forgot she was coming to town. And Lotto is opening. Your and, girl. And my girl. And Patrick. AD energy. Patrick uh, Richardson, the, our laundry evangelist, is filling in for Julia today. But Julia and I did. Uh, we're in contact this morning because Leah Michelle join George Stephanopoulos in Times Square to chat about her lead role in the Broadway revival of Funny Girl, which she, of course, replaced Beanie Feldstein. And Julie and I saw that show, Patrick, in June. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Really? It was so bad. Beanie was never believable, and Jane Lynch was horrible as the mother. And we just, I mean... Julia and I just yeah. we couldn't get over how nope. bad it was. Even Julia had to admit afterwards that was terrible because she loves the music, you know, and she was having die a hard, hard time. Huh? She's a diehard. Yeah, but and it was miscast. So Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle is the right. She is the right choice for that role. And do you want to know something? Yeah. Next year for the Tonys, guess who cannot be nominated? Leah Michelle or Jane Lynch. Oh, too late? Or? They're replacements. In the same role, so they won't be eligible. Oh, ouch. I know it. So, but Leah is here, she is a little bit. We also posted that she performed Don't Rain on My Parade, which we'll listen to a little of her singing because it was just amazing. But here's Leah talking to George about being in a role that, you know, she's wanted to play basically all her life. Thank you. I'm here now with Broadway's newest funny girl, Leah Michelle, is getting rave reviews. She's going to perform for us in a moment. We want to chat a little first. Welcome back to New York. Thank you so much. So I cannot wait to see this show. The reviews have been awesome. And I even heard you got a standing ovation in the middle of a song. <laughs> It, it has happened, yes. <laughs> so what's it like to be back on Broadway? Oh my gosh, it's such a thrill uh, to be a part of the Broadway community, to return home. Um, I love it so much. I started performing when I was eight years old on Broadway in Les Mis, and now many years later to be back on Broadway in my fifth show, dream of a lifetime to be in Funny Girl, to play Fanny Bryce. I, I couldn't be more grateful. So are you braced for Barbara Streisand to come and watch you? Oh my Everyone knows my love for Barbara. Um, I've expressed that from, from Glee, from growing up. And she she made Funny Girl what it is. So I, I know that we would all be so thrilled. And I would just, it would be incredible. That's so great. We That's all good. Know um, right there. But I mean, I do wish Barbara would get oh. out of Malibu and go to New York. But I don't I don't think she and uh, you know, her husband do anything other than go on their, 
their truck trips and mm-hmm. go up and down to diners on the West Coast. <laughs> you know, sounds like fun. And you really, know? I mean, that sounds like fun to me. It does sound like I fun. Drive, I want to go up and down the coast. <laughs> right. You know, go and to go diners. back to your big mansion. But <laughs> she, um, so last week I was interested to see, you know, how is she doing? Because Tova Felcha replaced Jane Lynch. And I guess she's amazing she's, as the mom. Um, um and uh uh Broadway um news said it's hard to think of a comparable situation in recent Broadway history um where we've had a situation happen like this with this big flip-flop of who's right. starring and the star of those original cast really getting pushed out or leaving early uh Whatever, but the box office grant, you were interested in that um, because the casting is so good. It's doing um, bonanza business over there at whatever theater uh, that that's at. It's doing very, very well. Let me tell you what it it took in last week. Um, one point seven million dollars. No, wow. I'll just give you like, uh, you know. Um, Phantom of the Opera is doing very well because that closed, but that was $1.3 million. Just to show you, um, and then pian- the piano lesson and another uh, uh, Leopoldstadt is another play mm-hmm. that happened, and but those two shows are like 800000 So one point seven for A Funny Girl. That show is doing pretty good. Yeah, and... Um... You know, Leah Michelle, I know, I mean, you love her or you love to hate her either right. way. But Leah Michelle, Tova Feldshoe, that's a that's a duo that could easily open a Broadway play. It's yeah. two powerhouses. Right. You know. I guess I didn't realize Tova was a singer. I knew she acted on stage and in movies, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize she sang. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't know. I can't think of anything she sang in either. Yeah, but but she must sing. Well, here's Leah Michelle and the cast of Funny Girl performing live in Times Square. We did post this. And Grant, if we can hear a little of Don't Rain on My Parade, just to hear Leah's really amazing vocals. Oh, that was so good. I mean, she just, at the end, I mean, goosebumps, because then the the rest of the cast leave and she's... Don't rain on my parade, and it's like holy hell, she can sing. Yeah, I we mean, kind of forgot that. Yeah, I mean it's, and you know, if you remember Glee, I mean, I love oh, her yes, and Glee. Of she course, was so good. And I mean, this was the whole, the whole shtick. I mean, this was the only play, only place she ever wanted to perform it in Glee. So you know, you've heard her sing these songs before, and yes, know that she, that can she has sing that them. power. Yeah. yeah, and it's also. With that, like so many of the songs, at least, because really, Funny Girl is kind of a dated, mm-hmm. you know, show, sure. and it's kept in the time frame of whatever it is, the turn of the century or whatever, which makes sense. So you can make sense of the misogynistic, you yeah, know, of course. Uh, all those tones of it. But um, the kind of enunciating singing that you have to do in this, mm-hmm. and Beanie did couldn't get that. She, she that wasn't that wasn't her thing and um um yeah I feel bad for her beanie because it was such a mishigas of yeah and so much social media thing and you know she discovered people 
need people until they don't. Well, and too, <laughs> it was such a hype behind her too when yes. she started. They, you know, they remember we had all the interviews the and how she shows she done it. She dressed as as that character as a kid and yes. all the talk. I mean, it was such a hype behind her, and then it just. And then the very first uh, people that saw it, you like, know, uh-uh. and. Dan, our boss, you know, took mm-hmm. us because we'd want to grace you and he's like, I'll take you girls out to dinner and to a play. And we didn't even think twice. We were just like funny girl. Right. Of course. You know, and um, and then it, we were like, wah, wah, wah. yeah, it was just like anyway. But um, I know um, I know a couple of people who were in New York that were going to see that show. And then she got COVID like a week after it opened. So it almost felt like first day is funny girl curse. What's going on? Well, you know, they. I mean, they've cast. They finally got the right cast. Yeah, it's kind they of do. like, you know, sometimes you have to do it a couple of times to get it right. And yeah, I hope it does well because it. You know, we need big Broadway right now. So we do. You know. Yeah, we do, and I feel bad. Um, and the other thing the New York Daily News said about uh, Lee Michelle is that you know, she can act. We know she can sing, but. You know, she's very touching as her fanny gets trapped in the net with that same handsome loser and you get the sense, you know, she's also gone through the ringer and she's a mom now. And I think she does know that she was really an a-hole on the set of Glee. Right. And horrible to people, really Mm -hmm. a diva. And we, Julia and I know that because the first year a TV cast is nominated in our experience at the SAG Award they talk to everybody, even mm. the people at the end of the line, even the radio people, the website people, and the whole Glee cast. Everyone was talking to us, you know, except Leah and yeah. Corey, who were the Uh-oh. two big stars. We didn't know mm-hmm. they were dating at the time, but they were the two breakout stars. They each had a handler, and all the rest of the cast just were, you know, drifting along and talking to everybody. And sure. so we were like, oh. The diva is already starting with, you know, but. Well, maybe she got her comeuppance by the fact she wasn't cast. Yes, exactly. So. And now here she is just, I mean, she was just like, like giddy with George. She was so happy. Like, and normally people are like, yeah, I don't want to get out there at 830 in the morning and perform on a cold Tuesday morning outside. And she's just like singing her heart out. Anyway, that's posted if you missed it on our show page, courtesy of Grant. Yeah, and it's the full performance, too. It is, so we've yeah. got the full performance yeah. for you there to watch, thank which you. is great. Patrick, thank you for filling in for Julia today. Uh, when we come back, well, it's kind of a Kentucky day around here. Let's just put it that way. Love you're that. from Kentucky. Right. Chris Stapleton's in town. We're expecting to hear from him any minute. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the magic of the Judds, uh, Winona and Naomi. Great song. Patrick, are you a fan of the Judds? Well, I'm a huge fan. I mean, that's they're from like 10 minutes from where I grew up. So, no way. Yeah, and in fact, um, I mean, you would run into them every so often because yeah. they still had family there. And right, I mean, they're love. They're lovely. Lovely. I I, I know. And you know what? Um, uh, Winona's out on tour, and she has different people filling in for her mom. Brandy Carlisle just did the last week, <sighs> and I know Brandy's going to be on with Willie Geist on his Sunday morning show, but. Yesterday or the day before, I can't. I think I think it might have been yesterday, but Winona was on GMA, and it's the first time um, that I've seen her 
sit down in an interview and talk mm-hmm. about, you know, her mom and her mom taking her life and everything. And it was just, um, I, I just thought, I always want to, you know, like, if I can bring awareness, bring light to the subject of, you know, people do take their own lives and it is such a taboo thing and there's so much shame around it for families and people don't speak on it, you mm-hmm. know, it's a, and so I, I, I liked that um, Winona sat down with GMA just to talk about, you know, her mom's passing. So here right. we go. She shared the world stage with her mother, Naomi Judd, for nearly 40 years. And in a powerful new interview, Winona Judd opens up to PeopleTV.com about recovering from her mother's death by suicide in April. Yeah, my mom's not here anymore. And I can't even say it without crying. I'm telling you that when you deal with suicide, there's so much mystery there. What was she thinking in her final moments? She says that behind that heavy curtain of glamour, her mother struggled quietly with depression. My mom always made up for how insignificant she felt or lonely or sad by putting on rhinestones. So maybe her greatest legacy was in the darkness, no matter what happened to her, being raped, being fired, being, you know, forgotten. I don't ever really remember her complaining. I just don't remember her complaining. She would say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. It's really scary to stand there and say, I'm really not as great on the inside as I appear on the outside. There's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. People think success, you're supposed to have it all figured out. No, you're supposed to ask for help and to say, I don't know. She shares in the interview that she's now getting the help and counseling she needs. There were 12 disciples. Even Jesus had help. Everybody needs help. And so I called this number, and you know what the guy told me? He said, something I needed to hear. You are right where you're supposed to be. She said she still cries all the time. I think she's made peace with the fact that that's going to be part of her life for a long time. And there's, it's not a sign of weakness. There's strength in being able to express that. She's not alone. One study found that one quarter of people who've lost family to suicide experience elevated levels of depression and stress. She's hoping that a new tour will help her heal, one she had planned with her mother, and some of country music's biggest names will join, including Faith Hill, Martina McBride, and Trisha Yearwood. She says she will always cherish memories like these. I can't say it without crying. She's in her sparkly queen of everything outfit. And she comes over to me and she's got the tiniest little hands. And she takes my hand and she says, because of you, my life has been better. And I will never forget that. She says she's taking it one day at a time. She also says that rumors that she is fighting with her sister, actress Ashley Judd, over their mother's will just aren't true, saying that both of them are just fine, will or no. For more in this interview, go to peopletv.com. So, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, she did the interview with uh, People TV, but GMA brought it yes. to us. And mm-hmm. I was just kind of so glad, you know, just to hear her speak up about it. And just, it was very touching. Yeah, she's, it's funny. I remember the night after, unfortunately, Naomi had died. Um, when she accepted the award, she said something. And it's funny because isn't it weird how you sometimes hear a phrase and like it becomes part of your mm-hmm. life? But she actually said that we are very broken and we are very blessed. And I think of that all the time because 
that's kind of how everybody is, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, she's so incredibly well-spoken, which kind of makes sense why she's such a great songwriter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right because you do, you know, the, the, when, you know, and I have this in, with my family with two nephews that took their life both in the month of September, like six years apart, but it is such a, um, particularly, you know, for the parents, but, you know, even for aunties, grandma, whatever the relationship was, you'll just never know right? what was going on. And so it is always this broken feeling. It's mm-hmm. just such, you won't know, but then you do, you're, you remember, you let yourself remember, like all the funny things and all these things, because you could just make yourself go down into a pit of, um, you know, wondering, wondering, wondering. So, yeah, you know, getting help and talking mm-hmm. about it. And then Jimmy, you know, put up the 988, which is the suicide hotline. And- yeah, that's just such an incredible tool. I mean, yeah, you know, it's so wonderful that it's out there because it, hopefully it'll take away a little of the stigma of getting help when you need it. Right. And, how and easy. just reaching out because right. you have no idea how much you're loved. Mm-hmm. People right. just don't have any idea. So um, anyway, so that's Naomi Judd. And so she didn't say anything. You know, there's they'll be fine, will or no will. And I think, you know, I think Naomi, the will is, you know, everything went to her husband. For sure. Yeah. So that's that, that, that was something out of nothing. But we also heard yesterday that Judy Tenuta, the love goddess, oh. died. The Aphrodite of the accordion, <laughs> and um, she died Thursday afternoon. She had had ovarian cancer. Her publicist told the Associated Press she was a very funny, amazing performer, a happy time to be around. And he said she was old school, so she would never tell her real age. But now that she's gone, we can tell her real age. She was not 56. She was 72. Wow. She chopped off. She made her birth year be 1965 instead of 1949. <laughs> I love That's that. Good for her. And yes. um, she, I mean, she just was everywhere. Maybe younger people won't know who she is. I mean, um, she was, you know, from Chicago and she got a theater degree and she broke on the scene. She took classes at Second City and she started performing in clubs and that's where she developed the love goddess mm-hmm. and she would chew gum and spit it out on the floor and make men crawl on their hands and knees to get it and told people to worship her and she had her accordion and and then she went to new york and she in the late 80s and in 1987 and i wonder if we can find this streaming it was called hbo's women of the night do you know that one? I could recite it. You can because it's Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> it's Judy, it's Stephanie Hodge, Rita Rudner, Rita Rudner, Liz Winston, and, and Paula Poundstone. Right? Is it so great? It's it's hysterical. I actually was just watching it last night when I read the Judy Tenuta thing because I made a reference of it to Ross because I said, well, you know, I mean, her ultimate dream was to marry the Pope. And he didn't remember. He didn't know about like her Catholic bits that she would do. And so I started singing the song. Oh my she God. has a, you know, she sang us. She wrote a country western song. I did not know about that. the Pope. Yeah, I just want a cowboy to ride me home. Oh, I just want a cowboy who's rich and living in Rome. I want a cowboy with gold plated soap. I just want a cowboy named John Paul the Pope. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> hysterical! And, and you know, she opened for George 
Carlin Mm -hmm. on a tour and she was a regular on the Howard Stern show. And for the fate for kids of the late eighties, she was the face of Dr. Pepper. If you remember. And then she did a couple of, you know, she did her books um, in goddess. We trust, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, some of that, but um, Al Yankovic, Yankovic is very bummed out. I don't know if she's going to make an appearance in his movie or not, but she was very, very funny. And, um, Damn, I love that she chopped off all those years. No, and she looked good. Like you could, you would have believed it. Yeah, I would have believed she was fifty six. Yeah, no, I wonder who did her work. I don't I, know. You know, that's you know, it's funny because at one point, Dom, it was always like, "Do you think they've had work?" And now you're like, "I wonder who did it." Yeah, I know because it's so good. I see people and I just you know, yeah, like you really just want to tweet them and be and you. It's kind of weird because you don't want to be rude. But right. by the same token, you want to know, right? But yet, yet if it doesn't look like if it looks good, you just say, "Oh, well, is it really good surgery or is it just good genes?" Right, and I just you know, I, either way, I want to know because yeah, if know it's good it. surgery, and I'm just saying, I always wanted to know who Jane Fonda's doctor was because I heard at a Beverly Hills salon um, from somebody that you know does a lot of celebrities' hair. That the story is that there's this guy in Beverly. Now, this could just be an urban rumor, but there's a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills that he only does like maybe 30 facelifts a year. Oh. And he's 500,000. Mm. And he follows, he's like with you watching your face move and talk and in motion so that he can like feel like he knows your face muscles how you talk Mm -hmm. so that he can be a good surgeon and i said what's this guy's name and he's like well you know he said i I don't know but that's just that's what the story is and i'm like "Hmm, Mm. is this a beverly hills salon story just to keep us intrigued in the chair as we're paying five hundred dollars for a haircut (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've got that audio of that song that you 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 want to hear hear quick as we go out of the the break okay judy tenuda Texas, and I wrote this love song for the Pope. It's a country and western love song, and you could dance to this. case sponge. Aphrodite of the accordion. I just want a cowboy to rag me home. I just want a cowboy who's rich and lives in Rome. I just want a cowboy with gold-plated soap. Yeah, I just want a cowboy named John Paul the Pope. Uh, bless you, Judy Tenuta. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right, listen, we'll be right back. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 